Not every double Parsha is made up of two titles that can be combined to communicate a cohesive message. However, Achremos Kedoshim conveys both a basic and profound one. After the deaths of the Holy Ones. Not only does this clause, Achremos Kedoshim, make sense in its own right, but it actually exquisitely summarizes the message of both Sidros. With Achremos, the Torah returns to the deaths of Nadav and Aviu, as it dictates the rules and procedures for the lofty endeavor of properly approaching Hashem to engage in the Avodah Sheba Mikdash. The mention of their deaths is entirely apropos, as it was exactly in such an endeavor that they made the tragic mistake which cost them their lives. Achremos comes to preclude anyone else from making a similar mistake. But lest we mistake Nadav and Aviyu for a couple of immature troublemakers, Moshe Rabbeinu already put that notion to rest on the day of their deaths, even going as far as to suggest that in a certain sense, Nadav and Avihu were on a higher level than both he and their father Aram. In this vein, Moshe Rabbeinu clarified that at the moment of Nadav and Avihu's mistake, Hashem sought to teach every one of us a lesson, specifically through the retribution that would be exacted against these righteous individuals. Because apparently, Chazal teach us, it is specifically through the retribution of the righteous that Hashem's name becomes revered. Now, this tradition obviously needs qualification, right? Because how is it that exacting retribution against the righteous results in reverence for God? Shouldn't retribution against all sinners generate reverence for God? What is particularly unique about the righteous being punished for their missteps? Now, one could suggest that when Hashem exacts judgment against a wicked person, or even an everyday sinner, although an onlooker might be motivated to be a little bit more careful not to sin, but since the the recipient of the punishment was not on a particularly high spiritual level, the onlooker is necessarily going to be limited in what he might learn from what he beheld. And that is because... One can only learn from this sinner what not to be. Don't be a murderer or an adulterer. Don't be a thief. Maybe don't be a talker during Chazar Sashats. Don't be a jerk, etc. And with this model, we might just conclude that as long as we're not as bad as that guy, we're fine. But in truth, the bar for true Yeras Hashem is set so low because we cannot learn from the sinner what um, we cannot learn from the sitter what to be. We just learn what not to be. Right? How much can you possibly learn from the death of a low life? And if that becomes our gold standard, then I have to say it's fool's gold. And this might somewhat explain an incredible phenomenon that took place in the era of the second base on Migdash, when the Gemara tells us, actually in Daf Yomi this week, in the Seches Yoma, Daf Tess, teaches us that 300 wealthy Kohanim corruptly bought their way into the office of Kohen Gadol and did not live out the year, but they died, many of them presumably in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, failing in the Yom Kippur service. Now, one would think that each Kohen might have learned from the death of the previous one, but perhaps each one made the same mistake and figured that he'd be fine as long as he wasn't as bad as the last guy. None of them ever had the bar properly set for true growth in the in requisite Yeras Shemayim. However, when Hashem splits hairs with the righteous individuals, such as Nadav and Avihu, we have the opportunity to learn not just from the mistake itself, but from all of the virtues and positive attributes of the righteous individuals. Right? They weren't penalized because they were quote-unquote sinners, 
but rather because despite their perfection in areas A, B, and C, and their precision in refining Midos X, Y, and Z, they still nonetheless fell short in one fine point. And it is when we pay attention to those fine points that we truly grow in our reverence for Hashem. And in this vein, Nadav and Avihu were undoubtedly Kedoshim, or Holy Ones. And while Achremos focuses on the single mistake they made, a mistake that itself might only speak to the loftiest individuals to whom entry in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is relevant, it does not teach us about what we can truly learn from them as Kedoshim. Yes, it teaches us not to enter the Mikdash, but it does not teach us about how we can refine our own Midos and perfect our personal growth in Avodah Hashem. But that is where Parshas Kedoshim comes in. Indeed, Achremos Kedoshim, in other words, after the holy individuals pass on, we have to reflect not just on the tragic mistakes they might have made, but rather on all of the areas they've excelled in. And if we take Moshe Rabbeinu at his word, these Kedoshim excelled in areas that we cannot imagine. And that said, perhaps we do not have to worry about what might happen if we enter the Mikdash. We weren't summoned there, and we probably know better not to go in there. But Parshas Kedoshim provides us with a whole slew of mitzvot and areas where we can work on our midos every single day of our lives. Shabbos, Mora Aveim, reverence for our parents, not taking nakama revenge or bearing a grudge, and the list goes on and on and on. And with the charge of Kedoshim to you, that you shall be holy, the Torah sets the bar for us to work towards. The second of our parshias clarifies that we don't have to be the Kohen Gadol, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, to refine our character in Yeras Shemayim and to become living Kedoshim. We should all be Zohar to learn from holier examples than ourselves, excel in all areas of Avodah Hashem, refine our Midos and Yeras Hashem, become living Kedoshim, and Hashem's name should be sanctified through our successes in the greatest fashion with the coming of the Geula in the times of Mashiach, Meherab Yameinu.